0: I think that many of us are aware or we're becoming more and more aware of how short our lives are. And I believe tonight that many of you are here because you want to use your time here wisely. Amen. You want God to make the most of your life. In fact, a lot of us have lived much of our life without God and we're doing the best we can to make up for lost time. Amen. Would you say that? I I wasted a lot of my life and I know that I've got a short period of time and I want to spend the rest of it as much as I can to honor the Lord. But as we think about that, as we think about wanting to use our lives wisely, I wonder how many of us have thought about this. Where is most of your Christian life going to be lived out? You know, surprisingly, a big chunk of your life here on this earth is going to be spent on two things. You know what those two things are? A big chunk of your life here on this earth, 35% of your life, you go, wow, wow. What is that spent on? (laughs) 35% of your life. And somebody says, I got gypped. Mine's more like 13%. Amen. But 35% of your life is spent speaking or or sleeping, but 20% of your life is spent working. Let's think about that work part a little bit more. We have about 168, not about, we do. We have 168 hours every week to live. And assuming you work eight hours a day and you get two days off a week, and assuming you have a five-day work week, almost one-fourth of your total time is spent at work. Now, that actually is lower because we're figuring in two days off. If you take out those two days off, if you look at those five days of work that you have most days, your work takes up about 50 to 75% Of your waking hours. Wow. Would you think about that for just a minute? I spend about 50 to 75% of the time that I'm awake at this place called work. And yet for many of us, the workplace is the one place we struggle the most in our walk with God. Is that not true? The workplace is the hardest place for us to, to figure out how to live out this relationship with Jesus. Now, to me, I don't know about you, let's just mark something. If you spend most of your time in an area that is the hardest for you to live out your relationship with God, that sounds to me like the enemy, amen? It sounds to me like the enemy has done a pretty good job of attacking the one area where you spend most of your time. And here's what I want. I think the Lord wants us to realize about that. Since our workplace is where we're going to spend much of our life, we should not live for the Lord before and after work and press pause during our job each day. He wants us to learn to live for him while we're there at work. He wants us to give that time to Him as well. So today we're going to turn to God's Word and we're going to talk about the workplace. And specifically, because we're studying 1 Peter, 1 Peter is a book that really talks about struggles. It talks about trials. It talks about hard things. Specifically, we're going to talk about how to approach work when it's a struggle for you. Now, last time, I pointed out to you that starting in verse 13, we're really in a section in 1 Peter that's dealing with the overarching theme of authority. We have authority in our lives, and even though there's something in our heart that wants to rebel against that, amen, we all want to kind of call our own shots. We want to do our own thing. It's hard for us to line up beside someone behind someone else, but the Bible tells us that according to the roles in the different places that we've been given in society, sometimes we get to be the leader, but many times we have to line up behind another leader. And that's where it said over in verse 13 that we're to submit ourselves to every human institution. Basically, we learn there that wherever you find yourself in life, I need to know what my role is, and I need to fulfill that role that God has given me. And as I'm following leaders, I need to do everything I can to be supportive of those that I look to for leadership. The Bible told us in those verses that doing this will silence the accusations that sometimes those who don't yet know the Lord, those who haven't given their life to Christ, sometimes they accuse believers of doing wrong things. But when we live our lives in such a way, we'll put to silence those false accusations. The Bible warned us about using the freedom that we've been given in Christ for the wrong reasons. And the Bible challenged us to honor the Lord, to honor other people. And basically, to honor everybody we come in contact with in our lives, but today <clears throat> we're going to specifically talk about what are we to do when our work becomes a challenge. And the title of the message today is Dealing with a Bad Boss. First Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 20. Let's start out by reading verse 18. <clears throat> the Bible says in verse 18, servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle but also to those who are unreasonable. God gives us some instructions in verse 18. Many people share with me the struggle that work is for their lives, especially as it pertains to their walk with the Lord. Work has a big impact on my mindset, doesn't it? Work has a big impact on my attitude. And many people share that with me, that their work has a big impact on them having the right uh, response, the the right attitude as they go through like They're very frustrated, and that's a that's a big challenge for them to honor the Lord with a good attitude. It also affects, many people say, many people share with me, work affects their witness. Many people feel like, you know what, I want to talk about the Lord. I see a lot of people at work, but but I feel like I can't share about the Lord with other people who I work with. So what does the Lord say about that? How are we supposed to deal with a work situation is challenging. Well, first of all, notice the Lord speaking here. What does he say in verse 18? Who is he talking to? He says servants. He says masters. He says servants be submissive to your masters with all respect. Now, there's uh, there different uh, Bible teachers, historians will say somewhere between 25 and 50% of the Roman Empire were slaves. Now, from our understanding, most of those slaves were not like what we envisioned slavery back in the 1800s in the United States. It appears that m- uh, many of them were much more like what we can... Would, it's not exactly, but, but more analogous to what we would consider today a boss and employees. Employer and employee relationships. So that's the application we're going to take today as we look at God's Word. Now, let's look at the instructions that he gives there. First of all, he says, servants, what should you do in relation to your master?" What does it say? Be submissive. Isn't that the same word that we looked at last time? Some of your translations say be subject to or submit. As you read the Bible, are you hearing it, friend? It sounds like submission is something. We don't like it, do we? We don't like that word submission, especially as Americans. We don't like that idea that I would yield to someone else. We are very individualistic. We're very leadership-oriented. So the idea that I would yield to someone else, and in fact, I shared with you last time, really this term is a military term that means that I'm to arrange myself under another person according to my rank or my order. I've got a boss or I've got a leader. I've got someone that I'm looking to for leadership and I am to submit, I'm to arrange myself in line behind them. Now, our usual immediate reaction to trouble in our lives, biology tells us, and I think it's true, is what? Fight or flight. Our reaction to trouble is bow up to it or get out of there. But God says our first reaction, even to a challenging workplace, is to follow our boss's lead as best as we can. Not to fight our boss, but to help our boss. Last year, a couple of my kids, my my oldest kids were... were uh, we're part of the soccer clinic, helping to lead uh, some of the younger kids in the soccer clinic. And they go and they're like, "Daddy, some of those kids, you know, it's like they're they're going all over the place." And you know, and, and if somebody says, "I got to go to the bathroom," they're like, "I got to go too," you know. And the, and, then, and it just kind of gets out of control. And I said, "Yeah, guys, you know, this is the first time in your life that that you've been the leader. Remember that next time when you're in a group, you're you're where somebody's teaching you, or you're where somebody's leading you. Remember how hard it is to lead a group, isn't it?" When everybody's kind of out of control or wanna, wants to do their own thing, that's why God has set things up in a way that those who lead should be respected and followed. Now I know you're talking back to me because your boss you think, is a jerk. You think you know, but you don't know my boss. My, my, my boss is, is hard to follow. Well, one thought I think the Bible says we should do unto others as we would have them do unto us. One thought that we ought to think when we think our boss is such a knucklehead is put yourself in his shoes. Maybe you'd be hard to get along with if you had his job. Or if you had his family situation or or whatever it is that's going on in his life. But ultimately, and I'm just encouraging you, I think it's always good when we struggle with someone to try to put ourselves in their shoes for just a minute. But regardless of how you feel about that person, it doesn't matter whether you like him or agree with him or her or not. God's instruction to us is that as Christians, we're to submit to those who are leaders in our lives. And the Bible says in this verse, we should do it. What's it say next? Submit to your masters with what? With all respect. Okay, so God was ready for you. He said, okay, God, I'll do it, but I won't like it. <laughs> I, I, I'll obey your command, Lord, but I don't have to like it. Right? Isn't that the way we think of it sometimes? As Christians, many times... We find ways to follow the letter of the law. God says I'm supposed to submit, so okay, I'll submit. But in our hearts, we can follow the letter of the law. God said to do it, I'll do it. But in our hearts, we're not happy about it. Friends, I want to challenge you. The Bible says if we are doing that, we are not following Jesus' way. In general, God wants us to do what we do from the heart. God doesn't want us to be fake. God doesn't want us to be hypocritical. God doesn't want us to say, okay, I'll do it, but <clears throat> I don't like it. God doesn't want us to have that attitude. And especially when we're talking about this specific work situation, listen to Colossians 3, verse 22. Same, same kind of instruction. He says, Slaves are servants in all things. Obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service, not as eye pleasers, not just doing on the outside what is right to make someone happy, but it says not as not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Ephesians chapter five or chapter six, verses five and six talks about the same thing, same situation, talking about our relationship to our bosses. It says, slaves or servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by way of eye service, there it is, is again, as men pleasers, but as slaves or servants of Christ doing the will of God from where? From the heart. In First Peter, the way he puts it is he says, do it with all respect. It's kind of interesting that he didn't just say respect. What did he say? He said, do it with what? With all respect, that sounds pretty comprehensive, doesn't it? It sounds like the Lord is trying to say to us, don't hold anything back. You shouldn't just do what the boss says and then when he goes in the other room, badmouth him or mutter under your breath. That's not quite in the category of with all respect, is it? Now, again, at this point, somebody says, yeah, but Pastor Robbie, you don't know my boss. Well, again, the Lord was ready for you. He He says, listen, you should submit to those who are in authority over you as bosses. You should do it with all respect. And then he says specifically, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Some bosses, have you ever had a good boss? Some bosses are good and gentle. Some bosses are pleasant. They're agreeable, they're kind, they're easy to work with. That's what those words mean. Some bosses are a joy to work for, a joy to work with, right? Haven't you had some like that? Hopefully somebody's had a good boss. Somebody say amen. Kinda? Sort of? Okay. One or two? Wow, this is a bigger epidemic than I thought. Other bosses, though, it says in these verses, are unreasonable. That can be translated unfair. They're crooked. They're wicked. They are bad bosses no matter what kind of boss you have though the bible says here very clearly we are to submit to their leadership and to do that with all respect do your job don't fight your boss even if he or she is not the best now this does bring up a question for me as 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 well as i believe it probably does for you does that mean okay does that mean that christians are to be doormats Does that mean that Christians are supposed to accept bad situations? Does that mean that Christians are just supposed to accept things and just say, you know, I don't have a desire to have have better. I don't have a desire to see things change. No, I don't believe that's what the Bible teaches. And in fact, write down Joseph, Genesis chapter 40, verse 14. Joseph is a great example of someone who was willing to do what he was asked to do, but he also was looking for the opportunity for improvement. Amen? Amen. Do you see the balance in God's Word? Okay, if this is the situation I find myself in, I should make the most of the situation, do everything I can to be respectful and to be thoughtful and to work together with those I'm working with. But it also is okay to find a way out of that situation with God's help. In fact, here's some key questions for you to ask. Maybe you should write these down. Here is really the big question. Are you listening Am I where God wants me to be? That's the big question. Okay, did you get that? Am I where God wants me to be? Is this the right job? That is the main question. All I need to know is, am I where God put me? Amen? Now, if I'm not where God put me, what do I need to do? I need to find out where he wants to put me and get over there. That might be part of my problem. Amen? Amen? all right but if i am where god wants me to be but it's hard here's the second question is there anything or is there anyone anything that anyone else can do to help change my situation okay so am i where god wants me to be and you answer that question <laughs> you know i may mean, not like it i may struggle with it but yes i believe this is where god wants me to be then the second question is is there anything anyone else can do to help my situation to help change it And then if not, the third question is this. How can I make the most of a tough situation? Okay, did you get those? Am I where God wants me to be? If the answer is no, I need to find out where God wants me to be and get over there. If the answer is yes, is there anyone in my situation that can help change the situation? And if not, God, how can I make the most of a difficult situation? Because for whatever reason, you've got me here. And I need to trust you. That leads us to the second thing. In verses 19 through 20, God gives us the motivation for doing this. Let's look at those verses. Why would we approach our jobs this way? Why would we submit? Why would we show respect? Why would we have that kind of attitude? It says in verse 19, For this finds favor if for the sake of conscience towards God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? Do you hear what he's saying? He's saying, okay, if you do wrong and it's a tough situation, what credit is is that? What do you expect? You did wrong, you got a bad situation. But he says, but if when you do what is right and suffer for it, if you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. What are some reasons God's Word gives us to do a good job at work even when you have a bad boss. Write these down. Here's why we should do a good job. First of all, know who you are working for. It's hinted at in these verses. It says, do the right thing for the sake of what? What does it say in these verses? Do the right sa- thing for the sake of conscience towards who? God. Towards God. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 5 and 7. Write those verses down. Go back. It says, do your work as to Christ." It says, do your work as slaves or as servants of Christ. It says, do your work as unto the Lord. All three of those things are reiterated in Ephesians 5, verses 5 through 7. In Colossians 3, verses, actually that's Ephesians 6, verses 5 through 7. In Colossians 3, verses 22 through 25, it says, fearing the Lord. Do this, be a good employee because you fear the Lord. It says, do it as for the Lord. It says in Ephesians, or Colossians 3, verse 25, it is the Lord Christ, whom you serve. If you've seen yourself as working for a tough boss, can I give you some advice? Go in there on Monday morning and just quit. I mean, not really, don't say that. I'm saying it in your head. <laughs> okay. Just quit. Just say, okay, I'm no longer working for him. I'm no longer working for her. I'm going to let God rehire me as my boss. He's going to be my boss. Then I'm going to start working for who? For the Lord. He's going to be my boss. That really helps in a tough job situation. And something closely related to that, number two, is know what your real job is. Let me share with you what your real job is, okay? Write down 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. The Bible says your primary existence in the universe for all time. You want to know what your job is? To bring glory to God. My role, why am I here? Is so that God get more applause. <laughs> Just in all of eternity. He's a great God. He gets glorified. He lifted up. He gets lifted high. It says, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do. And it sounds like we do a lot of things where? At work, right? Where, whatever, Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. What is your real job? Your real job is to bring glory to God, to glorify him. Also, the Bible tells you, That you have been given. Now, this is under glorifying God. Glorifying God is my overarching umbrella. That's why Robbie Langford exists. That's why you exist, is to bring glory to God in all eternity. The primary way that I bring glory to God while I'm here on planet Earth is fulfilling the mission that God gave me to finish. What is that mission? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus made it very clear right before he went back up into heaven. He ascended back to heaven. He's coming back one day but right before he left he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Now friends, if your objective is to glorify God, it really ultimately does not matter what you do for a living. No matter how big or how small it is. If your objective is to glorify God, you will do the best you can at that at that job, and you'll see that as a praise song to the Lord. Amen? I don't care what you do. If you clean toilets, you can clean them to the glory of God. You can be the best toilet cleaner that this world has ever seen, and it's a praise and worship song to God. Amen? You, are you hearing me? Do you believe that? If your objective is to lead people to Jesus... While it's nice to enjoy our job, I mean, if we're going to spend most of our life working, it'd be nice to enjoy it, right? It's nice to enjoy it, and I do believe there is something to finding your calling, your place on this earth, where you fit, whatever that is, however God's designed you, but ultimately, it's not the specific job that I do that is most important. What is most important, what a job is here for, is number one, to take care of my family, to feed my family, to fund God's great commission and also to influence whoever I can to come to know Jesus as their Savior. Did you hear me? That's my mission. My objective is to lead as many people as I possibly can to the Lord. And the Bible says I can do that. I, I'm faithful with supporting my family. I'm faithful with supporting God's work with the resources that I generate. But if I'm going to be there with all those people, I just have to believe that God wants to work through me in that environment to touch their lives. Wouldn't you agree? And what is really brought out here in First Peter, and I want us to take note of this, because I think this is a real point of growth for many of us. You need to know who you work for. You need to know what your real job really is. But number three, you need to trust that God will take care of you. Listen, two times. Did you notice something was repeated twice in these verses? Somebody says when God writes something once, I mean, it's like we should pay attention. When God writes something twice, it's like, hello. Okay, why is God emphasizing this? Look at what it says in verses 19 through 20. For this finds what? favor did you know actually literally that word is grace for this finds grace if you have this kind of attitude but if when you do what is right and suffer in verse 20 if for it you patient and suffer for it you patiently endure it this finds grace with God when we trust God in a difficult work environment the Bible says this finds favor with with God obviously we could paraphrase that as God's pleased with that right can't you just kind of hear that coming out of that when I do the right thing in a difficult situation that's pleasing to God but it's actually stronger than that it says this finds grace with God friend time out okay let's just camp out on grace for a second do you understand about grace Many of you have maybe heard it before. People, people use the word grace as God's riches at Christ's expense. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, we have been given unbelievable favor by God. Grace is when God just shows off. <laughs> he just, he just kind of says, look at what I can do. And, and way beyond what we ever deserve. That's what grace is. Grace is just like pouring it on. Have you ever had somebody just kind of just pour it on, just, just serve you or just do something nice for you? You're like, wait, stop, stop, that's enough. You don't, you don't have to do anymore. Have you ever had somebody show you that kind of love just to kind of keep pouring it on? Grace is when God just kind of keeps pouring it on. If you will trust God with your job situation, the Bible says He will give you great grace let me explain what i mean by this many times friends don't miss this because many of us i think take this and just there's a slight nuance to this that sometimes we go in the wrong direction many times when we think of the christian life we think of just doing the right thing okay god says this is how i'm supposed to live he says it that's what i'm going to do i'll obey obedience is good right God says it, I'll do it, okay. So my job situation's bad. The takeaway that I got from Pastor Robbie's message from the Lord today is, well, I just need to put up with my bad job and that'll make God happy. That's what many Christians come away with. But friend, if that's how you're seeing it, you're missing out on something big called grace. Are you listening? When you decide to trust and honor God, He will grant you His favor he will give you great grace what does that mean i don't know exactly but i can give you some ideas if you will trust the lord he might change that boss's attitude wouldn't that be nice has anybody ever had that happen you saw your boss you prayed about it and god changed up you know what Sometimes, this is what I pray. My mom called me one time about one of her bosses, and she said, Robbie, I just, I can't get along with this guy. He's giving me a hard time. I'm trying to do it. I said, Mom, you know what? We need to pray that God will change or remove him. And that's what we started praying. Change or remove them. That's pretty simple, isn't it? God, change or remove him. That guy got relocated. Seriously. God did that. I believe is an answer to prayer for my mom. God might change that boss. He might put that boss in. A, he might relocate that boss to a new location. He might help ease your situation in some way that you never imagined. God might promote you. There may be somebody. Maybe you've got a boss that's giving you a hard time, but guess what? Your boss probably has a what too, a boss too, right? There's pro- there may be somebody else that's going to recognize you or notice you, and that person is going to promote you. Maybe that other boss is looking you is, is overlooking you, but God's not. And he's going to put you in front of someone who can make a difference. I don't know how God's going to bless you, but he promises when you approach your life in this kind of a way, he will bless you. Do you believe that? Look up Joseph. I just mentioned him. Chapters Genesis chapter 37 through 50. It's about... 13 or 14 chapters. Really, the finish of the, of the Old Testament book of Genesis is a story about a guy who got a bad deal and God really blessed him at the end. Now, let me give you a couple of examples in my own life. At one point, I was working in a retail store that sold alcohol. And I know that people have different convictions about alcohol personally, I don't think it's wise for anyone to ever touch alcohol. And if you want to listen to that, I've got a message about that, June 2007, if you want to go on our website. But I'm just talking about, for me personally, my conviction is I don't drink alcohol, and I don't want to serve it to other people. Well, I actually, in, uh, in that retail store, uh, that store sold alcohol, and I told my boss, I said, I have trouble selling alcohol. And so I'd like to get a pass on this. When someone's buying alcohol, I'd like to be able to not have to sell it to them. I actually can't believe my boss did this. He actually worked it out where every time someone came to buy alcohol, he let someone else ring them up. I worked for another company and I wore a cross on my uniform. I mean, not like a big billboard, not like a t-shirt, like, you know, Jesus on the cross. I just wore a little cross on my uniform. Well, there was a fella that got belligerent about my little bitty cross. Now, he wasn't my boss. He was more important than I was, okay? He had like a doctorate, and he was pretty important in the company. But he wasn't my boss. So I ignored him. He was upset about it. I just ignored him. I acted like I didn't hear it. Later, the district manager came into our store and asked me to take it off. And by the way, he was a pastor, which was kind of odd. I don't know if this would have worked forever, But I just sort of acted like I didn't hear him and kept walking. (laughs) And he never brought it up again. And the guy that was giving me a hard time, he never brought it up again. Can I tell you something? I got to share Christ with I don't know how many people because I had a little cross on my uniform. Another time I worked in a flour mill. Now, I was part-time. I was going through school and and just trying to, you know, kind of had a weird schedule, so I was part-time. This flour mill, there were easy jobs. It was just like, you know, folding up little gravy pouches, or there were hard jobs. There was an automated line that put out 50-pound bags as fast as you could move, eight hours a day. Well, as a part-timer, guess what line you're on every night? I should have been on that line for two years. But by the second week, my boss had moved me to the other lines. And I think, from what he shared with me in that, a lot of that had to do with an attitude of working hard and not griping about being on the worst line. The reason I did that is not because I'm such a great person, but because the Bible tells me I'm to be a good worker. Friends, Christians, we ought to be the best workers in our company. Now, I tell you those stories for several reasons. I know that your faith is challenged at work in so many ways. But friends, I want to encourage you, many Christians, there's a disconnect. We're saying, I know, Lord, I know you love me. I know you're working in my life. I know you want to work through me. And just as soon as I clock out at three... I'm going to go get involved in outreach or on the prayer team or be involved in women's ministry or all of things. Listen, those things are great. That's why we do those things in our church. But listen, friends, God wants you to be his servant everywhere he's put you, and he's put you the most amount of time on your job. If you and I cannot serve God at work, we're missing most of the opportunities that we have to serve God in our lifetime. And I want to encourage you tonight. I don't know your situation. I'm not telling you you should do exactly what I did in those situations. Those are my convictions. I trusted the Lord. God came through. Praise His name. I'm able to share those stories. You've got to pray about how you approach your job. But here's what I really want to challenge you to do. Will you trust God for more than you have been? Is that fair enough? I'm not sure. Come on now. You're thinking about it. (laughs) Okay, I gave you time. Now say it. All right, will you trust God for more than you have been? Thank you, thank you. Tonight, would you say to the Lord, God, I don't see it happening. I, I, I don't know how it would work. God, it seems impossible to me, but Lord, I'm going to trust you that I'm going to honor the people you've put me under. Lord, if if I sense that you want to move me, I'm going to begin praying that you either move them or move me. But God, if you tell me that you've got me right where you want me, I'm going to ask for your grace to help me to do the best job that I possibly can. And I'm going to trust God that you honor your word and that you will, at the proper time, give me your grace and favor. Do you trust the Lord for that tonight? I believe if Christians would take what we learn here at church, into real life, more and more, this world will be turned upside down. Because there are many people at your work who are not yet ready to come here. So if we keep it all here, how are they ever going to hear about the Lord? As someone said, you are the only Bible that some people are ever going to read. Would you ask God tonight, God help me, even baby steps, to honor you where i work friend tonight the reason we're challenging people to go out and live out that message in their workplaces because jesus christ wants to be the savior of people all over our area who need him and maybe you are one of those people that don't yet know him and maybe tonight you did come and you are seeking god and i commend you for that but tonight i don't ask you would you take that next step Tonight, would you surrender? Tonight, would you submit? The reason I can submit to my boss, the reason I can submit to government, the reason these other roles we're going to talk about, the reason I can do that is because ultimately, I am willing to submit my life to God. He's the highest authority. Tonight, have you yielded, have you surrendered your life to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? And oh, by the way, there's good news. He's a great boss. Amen. He is so gracious. He is so kind. And he knows everybody. I mean, he, 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 he's got, he can pull strings. Amen? I mean, he can do things. Would you trust in the one who created you? Would you trust in the one who gave us this beautiful day? Would you trust in the one who, who graciously gave you another breath to breathe two seconds ago? Would you trust in him tonight? And submit your life to him. Bow with me for just a moment as we do that. Each one of us tonight, would you just allow God just to tenderize your heart tonight? Would you be honest with Him? If you're here and you would say, God, I do not see how I could be obedient to this word tonight. I, I don't understand it, God. I don't like it. It's hard. Teach me, Lord. Help me. Just don't turn away from him tonight. would you, just, you can be honest and tell him it's hard, but would you tonight receive God's grace? Is it possible there's a breakthrough going to happen at your work because you are obedient to the Lord tonight? Is it possible that someone is looking for someone to tell them about Jesus? Is it possible that your boss is hoping that someone of their employees would be responsive to them and you would do that even if they don't deserve it. And that would give you an opportunity to shine the light on Jesus tonight In this week. Is it possible that God brought you here tonight because you've been turning your back on Him and not responding to Him? And tonight He wants to speak to you about that. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, would you just call out to Him tonight and say, Jesus... I'm so sorry for not submitting to you. And tonight, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. I want to ask you to come into my life to wash my sins away, to be my Savior. And God, help me to live my life the way that we've learned about tonight. Heavenly Father, just speak to us now. Give us the courage to trust you for whatever our situation is, that you are faithful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, I to invite you to stand together with me. Pastor Jeff plays this uh, closing song. We come to church to learn, amen. I don't know everything to you, and the things I do know I have a hard time living out. So we come to church to learn and to grow and to be challenged. Tonight, if God has challenged you, would you bow your knee to Him tonight? Maybe you just need to kind of come down front and just get on your knees and say, God, I don't see it happen. I need you to help me. Do you trust him tonight to meet you where you're at?